0: Welcome to the Digital Marketing Happy Hour, a podcast about marketing, technology, and life. This is episode number four, and it starts right now.
1: by araxum your resource for marketing and technology for more information go to araxum.com that's a-r-a-x-a-m.com
0: so chris this is a happy hour and for those that are new to the podcast what happy hour is complete without a few beverages so we always like to start off and enjoy this happy hour about digital marketing and kind of talk about what we're drinking Right now it's for me it's a little bit of uh, in a Mexican mood so I have a uh, Modelo Especial it's one of my go-to Mexican beers I think it's it's great obviously with with Mexican food but from a day-to-day standpoint that's one of the beers I uh, of choice that I do uh, go to so I'm drinking a Modelo Especial Chris what do you have in front of you
1: So I am keeping it easy today. I didn't get anything too creative. I went with the Yingling, which is one of my standard favorites from America's oldest brewery. So now that we have our beverages in hand, let's get started. He's Ryan Smith. I'm Chris Casale. Thank you for joining us this week on the Digital Marketing Happy Hour. Marketing is a big passion of ours, and we hope that you'll enjoy this episode. Our goal is to help your business achieve results so you can reach your goals.
0: During our last podcast, we discussed content marketing, and the biggest question we heard was, how do I know what content to develop? In this episode, we're going to answer that question by discussing the five key strategic areas to focus on so you can learn how to adjust your content marketing strategy with the new audience behavior in a global crisis. Chris, what is the first strategic focus point?
1: Focus area number one are your business objectives. Do you need to revise your business objectives with the whole world changing? It's very important to make sure that you're in line with your stakeholders. If you're working in a large organization, you might need to check in with your company leadership. If you're in a smaller organization, you might need to make some of your own decisions about what's right for you. And the best story that I could find that really highlighted this for me was uh, a pizza company in the Chicago area. Prior to the outbreak of COVID-19, 70% of their revenue was by the slice. It was based on individuals walking by the store and you know paying a few dollars for a slice or two of pizza, right? COVID-19 happens. There's no walk-in traffic. That revenue is gone. Irreplaceable. So they've got these pizza ovens now. Uh, Obviously, they did what a lot of restaurants are doing during this time, which is they converted to takeout or curbside or delivery. Um, But still, they were missing 70% of their revenue. So they found out that the pizza ovens that they have are able to heat acrylic to the point that it becomes malleable. So they started creating face shields that they then turned around and sold to hospitals. And they did it at a discount rate. The goal was to make things in in large quantities so that they they could produce it at a reasonable cost. And it's just, it's absolutely brilliant. So now when this pandemic comes to an end and some of the restrictions ease up, they potentially have two business models right in front of them. Do they continue to make pizzas? Do they continue to make face shields? Do they do both perhaps? But they're making sure that they're in line with their business objectives. And that's where you have to start with this. Ryan, thoughts on that?
0: You know, what's great. is I think that's one of a lot of stories that we're learning about um, as this continues to evolve is how companies are adjusting, pivoting, adapting and, and changing the ways. I mean, you know, everybody had to live it when areas were in lockdowns. Personally, you had to change the way of your life. And now we're seeing these businesses scattered all throughout the world that are doing the same thing. And I think that is something talking about, you know, changing on the fly. I think that is where the businesses that will succeed the most are the ones who are able to dig in, come up with a new solution. And maybe it's something that, you know, a pizza company, now they're making face shields. Never in a million years did they think that was going to happen. You know, on January 1st, 2020, when they're planning out their year, that's not something they thought, you know, revenue would come from. So it's times like these where you see companies dig down and come up with new solutions uh, that will succeed and continue moving forward.
1: The first step in any solution decision making for a business is problem identification, right? A lot of businesses manage to skip that step. They go right into brainstorming solutions. But if you don't identify the correct problem, it doesn't matter what solutions you come up with. So that's why starting with the business objectives is just so important. You have to make sure that that you're in alignment and you're all rowing towards the same goals. And potentially there's some new opportunities like this face shield one that, that came up as a result of this. And when you're creating content, it has to be in alignment with those goals. So this is a very, very important starting point. Once you get past the business objectives, then what do you need to focus on, Ryan?
0: So strategic focus point number two is checking in with your target audience. It's important to find out what their needs are, because let's just face it, what happened a month ago, a week ago, in certain cases, an hour ago, All that information that you had on them, that intelligence, that data gathering from the past, it's all outdated. Everything changed. The script completely flipped. And now everybody's continuing to learn. We'll continue to learn as 2020 continues to go through. I think each week, each month, each day, whatever it is, it's going to be changing. And it's important to find out what your audience needs. So with that, you can never assume what they need. And again, it's an evolving situation from day to day. So how do you find this out? What are the best ways and methods to find out what your audience needs? There's a couple of things. It depends on what kind of business you have. A a lot of our listeners we're finding are in that small to medium space. However, we do have some B2B as well. And I think there's certain areas that kind of are common for all businesses, which is listening. On social media, what is your audience saying? What are your customers saying about them? Uh, do surveys. Find out what their needs are. Use it. You can do polls through social media. Uh, LinkedIn now has a, a, a polls that they're rolling out. Uh, that's new to them. Emails. Send out those polls. Send out emails. Ask them. Since surveys are huge, another way is is to really find out if you have the time and the resources. Schedule one-on-one interviews with your best clients, uh, with your target audience. I think those are huge. For entrepreneurs, we see this a lot where they have Facebook groups where they could have hundreds to thousands of their customers or prospects that are in these Facebook groups that they're running. What a great place to listen to what they're saying on social media as well as ask them questions and find out what they want because that's where you're really going to find out if the information you had in the past is still relevant or, you know, have things completely changed. So finding out to strategic point number two, what your target's audience needs is the number two point here for this content marketing strategy.
1: Yeah, I I can't agree with that anymore. You know what a data geek I am. I, I love qualitative data. I love getting a sense of, You know, what people are thinking, how they're reacting to stuff, what they're going to do so that you can develop content that meets that need. But another point I want to make here, too, is not just collecting the thoughts and feedback of others, but leveraging your own data analytics. And maybe that's something as simple as just analyzing the Google Analytics on your website, because there's the social science phenomenon where people will say one thing and do another. Right. Sort of that who we are when nobody's Mm -hmm. looking phenomenon that's why it's so important to take a look at the data and see what the data is telling you just to sort of confirm those behaviors
0: well and i think it's a great point which is a great lead in chris to our our strategic focus point number 3 is to look at the trends you can look at two different areas when you look at trends that we're seeing and again it's it's data trends you want to look at things like Google Trends for keywords, going into Google Ads Keyword Planner to see what keywords, how those are adjusting, what are the popular keyword searches, what maybe were popular no longer is as well. Additionally, what you can check out is your competitors using tools like SEM Brush, see what keywords they're ranking for, the amount of traffic that's coming to them, as well as Ahrefs, as well to get more data, backlinks and so forth. So there's a whole lot of data that you can monitor and see from very, at a very high level as well. After you take a look at what's happening on a global scale, it's important to see what's happening, as we kind of talked about, with your own website and your own analytics uh, that you have access to. First thing I take a look at is lo- logging into your Google Search Console. Again, you can see what keyword changes are happening, uh, what keyword phrases, again, are coming over to your website, uh, looking for any adjustments on there. Additionally, look at your Google My Business Insights, which is in your profile section. A lot of times, especially for small to medium-sized businesses, this is something that is overlooked, let alone some people do not even set it up. But this is something in 2019, Google put a lot of emphasis in. They put a lot of resources. They really increased, I thought, made that platform a lot better so the insights in there is something to be to, to look at, and it's very important because I think you're gonna get some good data, again, on the types of keywords that people are searching for. If you have a brick and mortar and you're local, you can actually see a little bit of the, the cities where people are actually clicking on the directions button, see if there's any changes in that. Now, if you've been in lockdown and people haven't been on the road, you're naturally gonna see that take a dip during that time, but now, things are opening up again, it'll be interesting to monitor the type of insights that you do see from Google My Business. So can't stress that enough to take a a deep dive into that. Also, you know, what decisions can you make based on this data that you're seeing from the trends overall? So again, global, competitors, your Google Analytics, all the properties, it's really important to look at the overall trends, kind of plot them, look at them and try to anticipate You know where that trend is going so you know what type of content to create
1: yeah and you mentioned a lot of great tools but one of the easiest ways that i can offer to monitor trends is read the news and i'm not talking necessarily about a traditional newspaper but whether it's a news program you watch on tv or if you do you know what like ryan and i do with a news feed essentially Uh, Just curated news from all of our favorite sources and whatnot. Just read the news. It's very easy to see the things that are going on both at the macro level as well as the micro level. What is strategic area number four, Ryan?
0: Strategic point number four is about not relying on assumptions. Now, we previously talked earlier in this podcast, you know, any data you have from six weeks ago, let alone six months ago, is completely out of date. So looking at that fresh data looking at that accurate insights that you have has never been more important because it is hard to figure out what the future lies, but you can always look back at the immediate past. The immediate past could be, you know, the last seven days, the last 30 days on it. But it's important to see again, just kind of what we talked about the trends and looking at the data to see what your customers are doing. Because at the end of the day, you know, you talked about read the news and it's true, you have to read the news, you have to stay up to date. There is a chance that the data that you're seeing might be a little bit different than maybe you're seeing on a a national scale, on a global scale. You know, when that happens, it's good to have that background information, but the decisions you need to make are based off of what's occurring in your analytics that you're finding.
1: Yeah, that's a really great point. Your website is global, obviously. Anybody can access it from anywhere in the world. But depending upon the type of business model you're employing, you might be a local business or a regional business or maybe one that's only focused on uh, the United States. And if that's the case, that data might vary a little bit from some of the trends that you're seeing. So it's really important to get a good baseline for that and then see what sort of variances you're getting. And to the points that Ryan was making, if it's older than the last two or three months, you, you might not want to use that as your baseline. You really want to focus on what we've learned over the last two months, because that'll definitely have an impact. So what is strategic area number five?
0: Well, I, I think it's important now that you, you take this data. And, of course, with data, you just get more questions. Now you need to find out what types of content are you going to produce? What are you going to communicate and share with your audience? That's a question. You need to know who is this specifically for. Over time, your audience might have changed. Maybe it's exactly the same. It could be larger, could be smaller. Depending on what their needs are, this is what you need, the information you need to gather and understand and produce content uh, specifically for them. So you need to know, that information. You need to have a better understanding of your audience. What are their needs and expectations? The types of content that they are expecting from you. And then lastly, what outcomes is this content going to help them achieve? And I think that's big. You know, content needs to provide solutions.
1: So those are great points. And those really focus on the five strategic areas that we wanted to convey to help with your content development, to help with the shifting needs of your of your new audience or or rather your existing audience's new behaviors during all of this. But there's a few general tips that we wanted to offer. It's always helpful to start with customer empathy. Uh, There was a survey conducted by the American Association of Advertising Agencies that said 56 percent of consumers are happy to hear how brands are helping out communities in response to the coronavirus pandemic. I'll go back to what we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, the pizza place in Illinois that's making face shields. I'm willing to bet that as more consumers in that area learn what this pizzeria is doing, it's going to inspire a certain amount of brand loyalty. They're going to have an incredible amount of respect and appreciation for what they did that they might end up Trying the place if they've never eaten there before, or if they have, maybe frequenting it a little bit more regularly. Those are some of the sort of intangible benefits that you you as a business can gain from this. But you have to let your customers know what you're doing.
0: What's interesting you say that, hearing a lot of businesses are not sure what to say as we kind of transition into this content messaging part of the strategy. And it's important that your targeted audience actually does want to hear from you during this time so that same report found that 43% of consumers find it reassuring to hear from the brands they know and trust 40% want to hear how brands have responded to this global outbreak one thing that we're seeing and you see it a lot with airlines specifically even though they're running they're kind of limping along cleaning procedures you're seeing that big with with airlines you're seeing it with restaurants as as things are open what are the cleaning procedures? What have they measurements, have they put into place to make sure that there is six foot distances that, you know, what kind of cleaning are they doing? How often are they sanitizing? Those are the things I think people want to hear about, because there is a comfort level to know that that business has your health and best interest in mind.
1: Another example that I can think of is I am insured through USAA, and I, in the last two months, have gotten three months worth of uh, sort of dividends or what they're calling policy returns where because there have been less individuals out on the road driving, there have been less accidents. And so they've refunded some of the policy payments that I've made. And I know that a lot of other insurance companies have followed suit. State Farm is one that comes to mind, as I've seen their commercial recently. That's another great example of businesses that, you know, maybe they're not advertising some of the other positive things they may or may not be doing throughout the outbreak, but ways that they're helping you as consumers during this period.
0: Other brands promoting you know social distancing i've seen you know the mcdonald's and the burger kings uh, ikea's coming up with ads that are uh, discussing that another one i thought really stood out to me was hotels.com so they're telling their customers to stay at home which is funny because when you're telling your customer to stay at home you're not in business but they have again even though it means not using its service they want their customers to be safe and i think it's that type of messaging where it's like you have my best interest in mind That truly i think resonates with people and when they are ready to travel again the airlines where they felt that they have sanitized they're providing masks where health is a number one priority those are the types of brands that you will go to when this whole, you know, w- when it's clear for you to go and participate in in air travel. And then, lastly, what I thought was really great to see is Sam's Club, which has been overwhelmed, you know, with with all of this shopping going on. That they took out a spot to thank their employees. And uh, they call them retail heroes. So those are just examples of some really big brands and the different types of messaging uh, that they have used during this time as they know that their audience has adjusted. So has their messaging adjusted to fit their audience's needs.
1: And naturally, these are some guidelines that you can use to create content during a pandemic like this, but you can use the same tips and techniques throughout any period in time to make sure that you're reaching your customers with the appropriate messaging. So that wraps up podcast number four. But before we draw to a close, keep it light segment. Ryan, what are you binge watching or reading these days?
0: You know, when you you get a little extra time, especially uh, working from home, I actually like to go back and kind of catch up on some books that uh, I have already previously read, uh, make sure it's fresh in my mind. And, and one that I did at the end of 2019, I've kind of gone back here in 2020 to uh, to read again. It's, it's from Marie Forleo, and her book is Everything is Figureoutable. And one of the reasons why I went back to that again, because that's her motto. No matter what your situation is, no matter how bad it is, Everything is figure outable. And I just thought the way that the world is right now, and with the millions of people who have lost jobs, laid off, furloughed, you have to figure it out. And even in a crisis like this, in some way, shape, form, everything is figure outable. So I've kind of gone back through that. And it was Marie Forleo's sort of journey of how she became this big entrepreneur. And I thought her stories, and showing grits and coming up in these situations where it's like, how, how do you get out of this? Meaning in business where the door keeps slamming against you and it's a no, it's a no, it's a no. Everything is figure outable. So that is, I've gone back and begun reading that again. And, and it's great. Chris, what are you, uh, how are you keeping it light?
1: Yeah, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that. That that book is actually on my short list, but uh, I am watching more TV than I really want to admit to during all of this, unfortunately, for better or worse. The one that I am sort of binge watching at the moment is Trial by Media on Netflix. You know, Netflix does a great job of showing you what's trending or the hot new thing they've released. And this one caught my attention. And I was like, ah, you know, I'll check it out. And I'm only about two episodes into it. But essentially, it's a full season where each episode is sort of self-contained. So even if you only watch the one episode, you're totally fine. And it's about different things that have happened over the last, you know, twenty or thirty years and sort of the, the or great trials that have happened, right? And the media storm that sort of followed it up and, and individuals that were sort of guilty or not guilty in the public eye and how that translated in the courtroom. So it talked about uh, Bernie Getz, the subway shooter in New York and in, in the um Mid '80s. Uh, that was the last episode I watched. Prior to that was the Jenny Jones murder. Uh, the the guest that was on her show that ended up murdering somebody else, and sort of how the the talk show was held responsible for it and whatnot. So it's a little bit heavier material, but very very fascinating to watch.
0: So what was the show this last episode that we did? You were was it Mind Hunter? Yes. And, and what's that about? Mind
1: follows the the FBI in the early I think it was the late 70s, early 80s, sort of when they coined the term serial killer. At the time, I think they were using the term sequence killer. Uh, And it's the unit that started creating profiles of criminals and sort of how they used that to influence uh, law enforcement agencies across the country to help track and eventually capture uh, people that were committing these
0: crimes. So I guess what I'm trying to get at is there's clearly a theme in your binge watching habits and no wonder yeah, it's why. It's very dark stuff, isn't it? Of- <laughs> <laughs> Learned a little bit more about you, Chris, today.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't have a good excuse for that. Uh, it's it's very warped, but I have been enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> on on that note we appreciate you listening. This is fun. We're really enjoying it, and we hope you're getting something out of it too. If you get a chance, we would love it for if you took the time to give us a review in iTunes, preferably a positive one. But certainly, if you heard something you didn't like, uh, we'd love to hear it. Uh, share it with your friends, your colleagues, your family. This will help spread the word about Digital Marketing Happy Hour.
0: You know, not only leave us a review, but you know, we'd love to hear from you. So, if you heard something you loved, tell us. If you hated something that you heard, let us know. Send an email too podcast at com. That's podcast at dot com.
1: And if you haven't done so yet, subscribe to us on iTunes so you don't miss out on any more of this tomfoolery. It'll surely enlighten your day. Stay safe out there and we'll talk at you next week. Take care, everyone. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Digital Marketing Happy Hour. This week's episode is brought to you by Araxum.com, your digital resource for marketing and technology. Visit Araxum at araxam.com. The music intro you heard is called Pure Adrenaline by Eddie off the album Too Damn Loud. You can learn more at cactuslimrecords.com. The music used for closing credits is a song called In My Pocket by Jazzer. You can find it on their album, Message. Learn more at BetterWithMusic.com Thank you for listening.